0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 43, 18 through 4423, called Keys to Revival.
1: The commandments of our Lord are not burdensome they are intended to set us free and this is the language of the exodus where the people of god under egyptian bondage were burdened they were excessively burdened under the weight of the making of bricks and under the taskmasters and god through the exodus through the blood of the lamb in the passover set them free to worship god out in the Uh, the wilderness to go to the mountain of Almighty God and worship him there, but they kind of carried that idolatry with them. God wanted to set them free from that life, but many people, after a little hardship in the wilderness, were trying to get caravans to go back to Egypt. And God wanted their pure worship. He wanted to set them free, and I think as Christians, we know that, but sometimes we still get caught up in the, the burdens of putting kind of false um, weights on our shoulders, but Jesus Christ, we know, came to set us free. It was Nietzsche, the famous atheist agnostic, who said, the reason I didn't become a Christian is because I saw no joy in my parents' Christian friends. No joy. You know, there's been stretches of uh, time in the church where it's been true that to walk into a church, you felt like a requirement was that you had to eat a banana upside down. Mm-hmm. We must be very serious people here. Well, You know, if you look at the festivals of Israel and the, the, um, the feasts, man, they were filled with joy. They were filled with dancing. They were filled with singing. They were filled with rejoicing in the Lord our Savior. There was even a point in the book of Nehemiah where the people were told, don't weep. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And if we take that banana thing too far, man, we're going to become Christian people who have no joy. Love and joy and peace, man, these are the things of a Christian. Why do I have joy in my heart? Because I'm forgiven. Because my sin debt is paid in full. Because when God looks at me, he sees me as righteous as his son. All the righteousness of Christ has been imputed to my account by faith. And even Abraham experienced that. Colossians 2.13 says, When you were dead... In your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with Jesus, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And when he, Jesus, had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him or through the cross. It is sweet release for the Christian. He loved us and released us from our sins in his own blood. That's Revelation 1, verse 5. And now we are a kingdom of priests to our God. And we will incredibly, according to the book of Revelation, even sit on his throne. You know, the highlight of a child used to be when you get to sit on Santa's uh, lap and take a picture. Of course, some kids cried. (laughs) But Revelation teaches us that we will sit on his throne that's pretty awesome privilege. You have the wealth. You are royalty in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's an amazing thing. What we possess in Jesus is co-heirs of Christ, all because he bore our burdens. And God says, verse 25, I, even I am he, or am the one who does what? Wipes out. The idea there is wipes clean your transgressions. Why does God do it? He does it for his own sake He doesn't do it because we deserve it He doesn't do it because we kept 20 laws and ordinances Today we were getting a sandwich Pastor John and I And we walked by a girl Who was a very lovely young lady But uh, didn't have a very lovely mouth And we were walking in to get our sandwich And she was cursing up a storm Bleep 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 And she's talking to this young man So you know it's hard for Pastor Michael to stay quiet. But we did go to our table, and John. I mentioned it to John, and John says, you should have prayed for her. And I said, that's right, I should have. Well, they kind of moseyed on our way, as it would be. And uh, she was on the phone, and um, I said, look, if you want to... she. We, we'd walked by another time, and she was kind of expressing some remorse. She said, man, I've become kind of... I'm always uh, talking bad. And she was kind of bagging on herself a little bit. So I said, well, if you want to fix your mouth... It really starts with your heart, and I gave her a card to the church. I said, you need Jesus Christ. And boy, she was a little fired up at me for that. I'm just having a conversation out here with my friend, and all of a sudden, I'm getting ganged up on. So her friend apparently grew up in a Christian church and has just recently been baptized Mormon. And he said he enjoyed being part of the Mormon church now because they had rules and structure and community. And so I began to kind of swing away from her and try to work on him. And, uh, you know, the Mormon church has some things to offer. And there are a lot of neat people in the Mormon church, but unfortunately the, the, the way of salvation they teach, the nature of God, the nature of salvation is just flat out wrong. It's unbiblical. And I confronted him with that and I pray that he will uh, listen to that. But the point is simply this. You can go through the motions you can say, I kept 20 laws and ordinances of this church or that religion, therefore I'm going to become a God of my own planet. But I have to tell you, it's not gonna wash because no one, including Abraham, is going to boast in the presence of God. No one, no one. No one's gonna say, I'm in heaven today because I you know, got on a bicycle with a name tag and a tie and a white shirt. No one's gonna be in heaven because they said, I knocked on 200 doors every weekend and therefore I've earned my way and Jehovah's remembered me. That's not how you get to heaven. There's only one way. There's only one gate. And God says, I, notice the double repetition. Even I am the one. I do it. I wipe out your transgressions. I do it for my sake or my glory. And here's the cool thing. I will not remember your sins. Are you grateful for that? There was a story that came out years ago. It was a, I think it was a song about a lady who had had an abortion. And uh, as the song went, um, the child is depicted in heaven that was aborted. And the child keeps asking God, God, where's my mommy? Why is my mommy not here? Why am I here and she's not here? What went wrong? What did she do? Why am I here? And God says, I can't remember. But she'll be here soon. That's the grace of God. That's what God chooses to do. And the the accuser of the brethren who comes day and night to accuse you before the Father, guess what he brings up? All your sins. Day and night, he accuses the brethren. And whenever he comes, you have an advocate with the Father, 1 John 2, 1 and 2, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, who advocates for you. And he did that primarily through the cross and the resurrection because his blood, his righteousness is now imputed to your account. And when the accuser comes and says, hey, did you see what your saint did down there? God says, nope, nope, can't remember. Now, it's not that God has a bad memory But God chooses to forget our sins in the new covenant because all of the righteousness of Christ is imputed to our account. This is the great exchange of the substitutionary atonement. All of our sin went to Jesus on the cross. All of his righteousness goes to us. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's what the children of Israel were supposed to understand. Even though the cross had not happened, it was always salvation by faith. Even Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him or reckoned to him as righteousness. And Isaiah's book is all about that. Isaiah's very name means the Lord is salvation, or Yahweh saves. That's what Jesus' name means, Yahweh saves. God does the saving, not you. And that is a message that frankly is not embraced by a big part of our population. Because it says something about us. It says, you cannot save yourself. And that's not popular. Because I want to be able to do it. See, we're not necessarily very receptive to the idea of grace, though we think we are. And God says, I'm the only Savior. If you want to just look at a few verses that says that, look at Isaiah 43, look at three and four. I am the Lord your God, Isaiah 43, three, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place. And this is a beautiful verse we looked at last Wednesday. Since you are precious in my sight, here's why I did it. Since you are honored and this is beautiful. And I love you. I will give other men in your place, other peoples in exchange for your life. Look at Isaiah forty three, eleven. I even I am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. Not only is God the only God, He is the only Savior, and He is a Savior by His very nature. Part of God's nature is that He is a Savior. That's what he does. He saves. It is I who have declared 12 and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you. You, So you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Look at Isaiah 45, 21. Isaiah 45, 21 says, declare and set forth your case. Indeed, let them consult together, 45, 21. Who has announced this from old? Who has long since declared it? Is it not I the Lord and there is no other god besides me? 45:21 A righteous god and a savior there is none except me. Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth for I am God. Just in case you missed it and there is no other.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today.
1: Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini shows a step closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. We have just celebrated Easter, so the first series is on the resurrection.
0: So if something is that, that's written down reflects poorly on what is being described or what is being reported on, if that reflects
1: poorly, that lends to its credibility. yes. Because normally we say, well, the writers are biased. Uh, Regardless, we're not just talking about the New Testament. Any writer's biased, they want to get their point of view across. But what shows their objectivity, or attempt to be objective, is when they include information or facts that reflect poorly on themselves or the narrative they're trying to push. Yes, and and so let's take a step further towards that. So when the women go to the apostles, who are supposed to be the brave followers of Christ, they say, the, the women have lost their minds to paraphrase. They do. They're just crazy tales. They they don't believe it which is another embarrassment yeah. because of course the, the documents go on to say that Christ is risen and it becomes crystal clear but the, the way that it, this is written down and we believe it corresponds exactly to what happened is that they don't believe they have no faith. To listen to the Walk in Truth minisodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: Just in case you missed it, and there is no other, no other God, no other Savior. If you're going to be saved, if you're going to meet the true God, you're going to come through the God of the Bible. All other gods are shams. Now, you either believe that, and you believe what the God of the Bible said about it, or you reject that, but this is the truth of the Scriptures. And so God says, in light of this, Look at forty three twenty six. I will not remember your sins, 43, 25, which is so awesome. And I hope you'll remember that God does not remember your sins. God was in the world reconciling us to himself through Jesus Christ, no longer counting our sins against us. He no longer counts your sins against you because you're in Christ Jesus. So God says in light of this, Would you put me, 26, in remembrance? And if you thought you could do something to save yourself, I added that, let us argue our case together. It's like God invites you into his courtroom. State your cause or your case, New King James, that you may be proved right or acquitted. Okay, if you want to try, come on into my courtroom and see how you stack up. How you doing? Let's just take God's top 10. If you want to proclaim your righteousness, have you ever told a lie before? Uh, Don't lie because then... If you lie, then you just broke a commandment anyway. And on and on we go. And we just deal with the top 10. And we know uh, in word, often in motive, in heart, um, with our intentions, we need grace. We've sinned against God. The law is a schoolmaster to drive us to Christ. So we might be justified how? By faith. Romans 7, 7 says, that's how we know what sin is. I would have not known what sin was except through the law. And Abraham discovered this very thing. Uh, The friend of God discovered that righteousness comes uh, by grace through faith. Abraham believed God, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Write down Romans 4, 1 through 6. Let me read 4 and 5. Now to the one who uh, works, his wage is not reckoned as a favor, but what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith, that is in Christ, is reckoned or imputed to him as righteousness. We are saved by grace through faith. Abraham is saved the same way you are. He looked forward to the coming of the Redeemer. We look back. So this is what the first forefather uh, discovered. Look at verse 27 in your Bible, forty-three twenty-seven. Many believe the forefather here is Abraham. Others think that this goes back to Adam. Either way, it works. But your first forefather sinned and your spokesmen have transgressed against me. A uh, spokesman could speak of government agents, but he could also speak of the prophets. Either way, forefathers, Abraham, Adam, Jacob, uh, uh, spokesmen take Isaiah, who, by the way, in chapter 6, even he had to have his uh, tongue, I'm a man of unclean lips, he had to have his lips touched in Isaiah 6, and he had to be cleansed. Even the prophets were sinners. And God says, if you want to make a case for your pedigree, like, remember the Jews of the day, uh, John the Baptist says, if you're going to say that we are sons of Abraham and you don't need to repent, I got news for you. God can turn these stones into children of Abraham. Don't sit there and say it's about your pedigree. Don't sit there and say that you don't need the grace of God. But if you refuse it, here's what happens. So I will pollute the princes of the sanctuary. And this is a sad um, conclusion to this part. And I will consign Jacob, Israel, to the ban." and Israel to revilement. We have seen through the ages that Israel has suffered in unbelief and their eyes will not be finally opened until the end of Daniel's 70th week leading into the millennium. 44.1. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant and Israel, whom I have chosen. Listen up, you are mine. Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb, who will help you, though this is your desperate um, condition. Do not fear, O Jacob, my servant, And you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. That's just another name for Israel, but it means at its root, right or straight. Contrast that with Jacob's name. He was a conniver, but God said, I'll make you right or straight. I will, God will do it, verse three, chapter 44. I will pour out water on the thirsty land, streams on the dry ground. I will pour out, here's an explanation of the water, my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. God is like water, and when you realize that you're going to be dry and empty without him, he depicts himself as like this rich flowing water. Think of a waterfall. Think of a beautiful flowing stream, living water. That's what God is, and Jesus said that's a picture of the Holy Spirit in John 7. I will pour out my spirit. This is how uh, Israel, or for that matter, any people come alive in Jesus Christ. It must be the life of God being poured into you. It must be a spiritual conversion. Unless you are born again, Nicodemus, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You must be born again of water and the spirit. There must be a metamorphosis, an internal change, where the life of God, indeed God himself, God the Holy Spirit, comes and lives inside a believer. And without that, you're not in the kingdom. You don't have the life of God. But when you have that life, Notice they will spring up, verse 4, among the grass. It reminds me of Psalm 1 like poplars by streams of water. This will be the tide of the Spirit. And this one, speaking still of Israel, will say, When the Spirit's working in your life, you're not embarrassed to say, I am the Lord's. Think of the 144,000 in Revelation 7 and 14. They will have his name on their foreheads, right? This one will say, I am the Lord's. And that one will call on the name of Jacob. And another, they will say, I belong to Israel. And another will write on his hand, belonging to the Lord, and will name Israel's name with honor. It's kind of like a person who decides, I'm a Christian, I no longer am gonna hide. And I even know a dear brother who has about three or four major bumper stickers on his car. I'm not sure personally I would go that far because sometimes driving, we don't, you know, I don't have a perfect record, but man, it's Jesus is my savior and bumper sticker and what will you do with me and do you know why and all this stuff, man, car is a traveling Bible gospel tract. But when you become a Christian and the Holy Spirit lives in you and you think of the early church when Peter stood up, the man who was cowering at the, the fire when the servant girl asked him, aren't you one of them? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, is in the middle of Jerusalem saying, man, we're gonna obey God rather than men. I don't care what you say. When you have the Spirit of God empowering you, you are no longer ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In my first years, man, it was a little difficult. Which friends do I want to tell? Which friends do I not want to tell? Now, man, I'm I'm out there. I'm exposed. I'm on the radio. You know, even sometimes when I don't feel like a Christian, my sermons are on the radio and on the internet. Boy, that'll make you accountable real quick, I'll tell you. And all of a sudden, I realize I have made up my mind. I'm not waffling. I know who I am. I know in whom I have believed. And I know that what I've entrusted to him, he's able to keep till that day. Have you made up your mind? Are you willing to say, are you willing to be out there as a Christian and say, I don't care what the culture thinks. I don't care how they want to paint a Bible-believing Christian in the culture, how they want to paint us as whacked out, whatever. I don't care. Because I belong to the Lord, His Spirit is in me, and I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Is this you? Have you written it on your hand? I belong to the Lord.
0: You've been listening to Keys to Revival, Part Two, on Walk in Truth, and that's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah forty three eighteen through forty four twenty three. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to our new mini-sodes called A Step Closer. Hey, just so you know, we have free apologetic events from time to time. They're called 633, and that's based on Matthew 633. Pastor Michael invites special guests, professionals in their fields, to talk about hard topics that affect the culture. In the past, we've had guest speakers that have talked about the issue of racism, racism, the COVID-19 pandemic, suicide, and how we as Christians can talk about those issues. You can watch those talks and many others on our free Living Truth app and on our website, walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael before we go.
1: Well, sometimes when we read the Old Testament, we might say something like this. It feels like God is so focused on Israel. Does he care about other nations? Uh, does he care about me? I'm a Gentile. And the truth of the matter is that Remember, Israel was to be a light to the Gentiles. And that nation was selected so that the Messiah could come forth. But more than that, the word of God could be preserved and passed along. And God's heart was always for the nations, for the world, because, he, look, he made the world and everyone in it. He made you, and he loved you so much that he sent his one and only son. So even though Israel is the focus of the Old Testament. Remember, the church now is the focus of the Lord. Jew and Gentile coming together in one body in Jesus Christ. And that is why Jesus came through the line of King David, of course, and the lion of the tribe of Judah. So don't you lose heart. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Well, something that we are planning on doing here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where I serve as senior pastor, is the National Day of Prayer. We're hosting a prayer and praise night. It's going to be Thursday, May the 5th at 6.30 p.m. Multiple churches here in the Inland Empire coming together to pray over specific topics, to worship together in spirit and in truth, and to cry out to our God for the church and for the country, and of course, the entire world. Join us. You can find out more when you go to our website, walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab and join us on May 5th, the first Thursday of May, for the National Day of Prayer Prayer and Praise event, 6.30 p.m., right here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Remember, you can always get information and directions at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab, walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. And don't
0: forget that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station. How long have you been listening? Could you help us pay for the airtime on this station? You can help us continue in this ministry. A monthly partnership of at least $5 a month is all we ask. If you're blessed by this ministry and believe others can be too, please visit walkintruth.com now to donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapters 43 through 44 called Keys to Revival. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.